Greg Davis here with you. Hello, everybody. Glad you're with us. And uh, we are excited to uh, continue our conversation today as we visit with Dick, uh, Dr. Martin Scott Catino. Uh, Dr. Catino is president of the Fam- Faith Family Freedom Coalition. I'll get it out right. The Faith Family Freedom Coalition down in the metropolitan Mobile area. So uh, we're reaching down to South Alabama and uh, going to have a good conversation here about um, some of the uh, basically organized uh, faith uh, response to the LGBTQ, the alphabet uh, mafia, as I often call them, threat in, uh, in, in Mobile. But I think it serves as a pattern of what uh, we can see in other have seen and will see in other cities and communities, even here in the state of Alabama. So, uh, Dr. Catino, Scott, thank you for being with us today, my friend. Oh, thank you for this opportunity, Greg. I really appreciate it. Okay. Um, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and uh, and then sort of, you know, how you got to be uh, so involved in, in this, something I'm sure you were never looking for. Uh, we're, we're not looking for this, uh, for this fight or this... Uh, <laughs> You know this uh, this uh, agenda that's been. We didn't go looking for it. It sort of has found us. Just kind of give people your story and the history of, of how you got involved. Sure, uh, I, I would say at the core, I'm a concerned citizen, like everybody else. I'm a concerned father. You know, I have two adult children, and you know, I'm looking around like so many other people and saying, "What in the world is going on? Just this madness that we're looking at." and seeing with this transgender movement and how aggressive they are and how they're targeting their children, our, our children. And in my professional background, I've been dual-hatted in my career where I've worked in the intelligence field, working in military intelligence in a brief time, two and a half years with the FBI and many other uh, entities, both here in the United States and abroad, and also being a professor during that time period. Um, focusing on intelligence studies and military studies. And my wife is from the Mobile, Alabama area, so rather than her having to stay on one of the base areas, Fort areas when I deployed, we would just come back here to Mobile. So coming through this area multiple times as I deployed, returning from deployments, we decided to settle here. And I'm just like everyone else, just appalled at what I'm seeing holding the deep Christian convictions on the importance of advocating for family and for children, and having fought these subversive groups abroad, and having worked many intelligence cases on these subversive groups and the types of tactics they use, it is just striking to look at a group like the Human Rights Campaign, the largest radical LGBTQ group so active in Alabama, and seeing how sophisticated they are how tactically expert they are. And then from that sense of conviction, getting together with other community members and saying, look, we gotta do something about it. We gotta do more than praying, as important as that is. We really have to begin to organize and get active and get the message out and stand up for our family and our community. That's it in a nutshell. Well, very good. And you guys have been doing that uh, in Mobile. Uh, you know, a group, uh, they pushed back in Montgomery as well uh, last year. Let's go back, I guess, uh, I guess roughly maybe a year and a half ago. Um, it's, if I remember right, I've been having conversations with people in Mobile off and on, uh, some uh, pastors and, right. and folks like yourself. Um, something like a year and a half ago or so, uh, there was this push 
to uh, to establish some some SOGI laws or SOGI ordinances in Mobile, sexual orientation, gender identification, non quote unquote non discrimination, you know, type ordinances. Uh, there was a lot of pushback on that, um, and so uh, a lot of you sort of this kind of drew your attention. And so you started talking with uh, uh, the mayor down there, Mayor Sandy Stimpson, who I know has been very popular. I, I hear a lot of great things about him. I don't know him. Um, pick up what, what's been your interaction. When did it begin and your group's interaction with the mayor? The, the first step was in, on February 3rd, 2022. Mm-hmm. We see announced publicly, both from the city government website and obviously in the local news, that Mayor Stimson appoints two human rights campaign liaisons. And, you know, it's it's being pushed r- r- rather incorrectly as being this this promotion of just ordinary homosexuals so that they can have inclusion in the community. That's that's the cover that's being pushed. But the fact of the matter is, you know, we look deeper into this and see what the human rights campaign is and what they stand for. They are a radical organization. They want the destruction of the Constitution. They're also very violent. They use a technique that in the intelligence field we call compartmentalization, meaning up front they're able to talk about human rights and talk about these things that on the surface sound pretty good. I mean, they talk about there shouldn't be violence against homosexuals, of course. We don't believe that. They should be treated violently. But they compartmentalize violent activities in the streets by partnering with Black Lives Matter and other radical groups. And so they're very violent. They're involved with violent activities. And they're also involved in every possible legal effort to destroy the traditional family, to harm children, all this horrific grooming, and even particularly supporting the depenalization of pedophilia, because pedophilia runs right through their movement. They deny it. They yell about it. Of course not. But there is just so much ample evidence that they're involved with pedophilia, and we put a lot of information out on that and talk about that quite a bit. Well, you're seeing the groups for who they are, and then you see them begin to put a big push on in your city. Um, You know, the Mobile uh, pastors down there as well, the Baptist pastors, and I'm sure others have have, have organized as well. They've talked with the mayor, but um, through all of that, instead of kind of going, hey, no, we're not going there, uh, he, uh, he basically brings two advisors on his staff to make sure that the LGBTQ agenda is being implemented sufficiently, I guess you would right. say, there in Mobile. What have been some of the activities um, that have taken place over the last year and a half or so that have, you know, we talk about the ordinances, uh, that's one thing. Uh, what are some of the activities that have taken place that uh, have been flashpoints or, or that have really kind of went, man, that that's, the, that's appalling and that's targeting kids and things like that. I'm sure there's been... Uh, you know, uh, no doubt library events and uh, rallies and marches and observances. T- tell us what it's looked like in Mobile. Yeah, I would say, first of all, for the audience, these kind of groups are very careful. They're not amateurs. So they're very careful when they move in the open. And a lot of it goes on behind the scenes where they organize and they gain strength. Look how these liaisons just came into being. The fact of the matter is Mayor Stimson purports this as engagement of one or two individuals from the human rights campaign, but he leaves out a critical fact that there was a major player in the intelligence field, we call these handlers, 
These were individuals that are very powerful behind the scenes, pushing an agenda, who worked to get these liaisons in power. This didn't just happen. So we're seeing them push, first of all, for cultural changes. They openly state this desire to get the LGBTQ culture out into the open frequently. Now, that technique is called normalization. Right. So frequent cultural activities, getting it out in the, getting it out in the open, doing it so often, making it humorous, covering it with the idea that they just want inclusion. And then the public becomes desensitized. So these normalization cultural, op, uh, cultural operations, influence operations are occurring. The one that concerns me the most is that they're trying to get inside the police department mm. and appoint liaisons inside the police. When they do that, they are able to do what they have done in other cities like Atlanta and New York and Chicago is where they're able to pervert the laws and then go after law-abiding citizens, pass ordinances and laws, and then get the police to enforce it. And that usually means some major problems for for parents and families, and particularly for churches, that is a major issue. I would ask the audience to go to the Human Rights Campaign website and look at the manuals that they publish on how to infiltrate churches oh, yeah. and destroy them. Yep. They literally have a manual, and I say this without exaggeration, I worked as, a, as an acting senior intelligence officer, I have a, a long history in MI and worked with the FBI. I've I've done quite a bit of publication on these issues. I'm not using these terms lightly. Their tactical sophistication is on par with Hezbollah and groups like Iranian proxy groups and Taliban and these people that infiltrate schools and subvert them. They are very skilled at what they do, and they're very dangerous. So we're seeing this activity here. We're, We're seeing this this push to get the culture message out. We're seeing this push to get into the police. And the mayor granted them the role, not as a liaison. That word liaison is so misleading. They have the power to review every single policy that is occurring in Mobile. That's called a political commissar. That's what the communists had. They had political commissars that would review policy to see if it was compliant with the Communist Party. And that's what they've done now, and the mayor has empowered them. This is very dangerous. It's just the beginning, and there are far worse things to come. Well, you and I are just getting to know one another, and you wouldn't know this, but I actually have had those manuals that you're talking about, how to infiltrate the churches, and there's manuals for, for everything. But I've had the ones for churches right here in this studio. We've opened them up, and I've read them on the air, portions of them, pieces of them. Excellent. To one, oh, excellent. Greg. Look, Scott, that was, I, I was doing that five or six years ago here. Uh, this is, it's been coming for a while, and we are seeing the effects of it now. And, and it comes with money as well, and that's why uh, a lot of the, sometimes the churches will go implement these, uh, these programs. And, and they've, they've taken people uh, that were, were in the church that uh, have uh, departed the faith, basically, and bought into this, uh, to this, uh, you know, a perverted uh, movement. And they know the church. They know how the church works. And uh, th- they were insiders. And they know exactly how to use the language uh, and what will appeal and what will turn off and what will, you know, what will suffice to uh, convince people in the church to begin to implement their program right in the, right in the church. And look, and that's true for schools. It's true for it's across the board. Uh, they've got programs for all of those. And to hear you come from a military standpoint 
and give that kind of uh, uh, you know that kind of you know, knowledge that uh, this is so well sophisticated and organized and implemented is uh, it sh- it should really shake all of us at our boots. Uh, we're visiting with uh, Dr. Scott Catino, and uh, we got to take a break. He is the uh, president of the Faith Family Freedom Coalition in Metro Mobile, pushing back against the uh, LGBTQ movement in uh, the Mobile area. Uh, don't listen to this and think, well, that's happening in a mobile. Because let me tell you something. It's happening in your community, your town. You may just not see it yet, but it's happening. And uh, don't wait until it's too late. Let's be more proactive. All right, let's take a break, and we'll come back on the other side and continue this conversation. Welcome back, and we continue our visit with Dr. Scott Catino. Uh, he, uh, you, you heard of his background uh, with uh, military intelligence and such, and uh, he is now leading up the uh, Faith Family Freedom Coalition Metro Mobile, which uh, sort of really, uh, Scott, tell me if I'm right, came together uh, really out of response to this uh, LGBT human rights campaign movement in Mobile, or did it exist before that, or did that just give you guys wings, or did, did you really come together around yeah, this was, one issue? Yeah, that, that issue helped us form a coalition. Okay. We, were, we were concerned with how to better organize to fight this. We, what we don't want to do is just react. We need to have a plan. We need to have a strategy. We need to have an effective organization that isn't reacting, but is rather proactive. And so that's how we came together, and we organized ourselves into effective teams that are aligned to the very issues and areas that the radical left is competing in. So we have an education team, a church team, a, a political team, an information team. And what we found striking is that there was hardly a voice even in some of those major arenas. There were hardly, there's hardly anyone even on social media in our area pushing back. So we make sure that we get into those arenas and we contend against the bad guys. Well, and the sad thing is, every community under in my voice, hearing our voices, you're going to have to organize in such a way. And uh, the sooner some of you start talking about it and praying about it and getting different people from different spheres, different citizens involved, uh, the better chance you're going to have of, uh, of protecting your kids and, uh, and your communities. Uh, now, we've talked a lot just philosophically and uh, how how effective and organized and strategic these groups are. I mean, you likened them to uh, some of these uh, military groups that you've, uh, uh, you know, done intelligence on all around the world. Uh, so so we're, we're dealing with very capable people here. They know what they're doing. And, um, you know, to see to see how far the movements come and even just the last few years tells you that they're they're very capable and not to be underestimated. Um how has this begun to flesh out that now the average common everyday citizen are seeing these things happen from Mobile over to Baldwin County? Just kind of give us uh, some of the things that have went on across that area. So when the mayor appoints these two liaisons from the HRC, what happens is we are seeing an explosion of overt activity and demonstrations and being out in the open, drag this, this, these drag queen shows that are occurring. And it's not just happening here. It's happening around the state and it's happening around the country. And that's what happens when they get in, when they're given that legitimacy. The mayor made them a part of the city. So now when there's advertisement for the city, when there's publications put out, these Radical homosexual groups are, are, are being promoted as a part of the culture, and that's exactly what they want. 
These homosexual groups are protesting in the streets. They want an ordinance. They're demanding a city ordinance to protect these drag queen shows. And they're openly flaunting that to where children can see this. And that's the kind of activity that we're seeing, an explosion of it. And as, an, as an, a guy who works in the intelligence field, I'm also concerned with their ability to organize and create other groups. And we just mentioned, we talked a little bit about the, the problem in Fairhope where another group is out in the open and, and doing the, uh, the drag shows where children can be within eyesight of this. Um, well, look, and not only are they within Scott, not only are they within eyeshot, they're 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 recruited to come. It's for the whole family. Yeah, come on out. They they actually target right, kids. Go go ahead. Family friendly. Yeah, that's go ahead. A, that's a good point. But so a group pops up in Fairhope, and people are just looking at this, not taking it deeper, and saying, "Where did this come from?" But the leaders there admit they are an offshoot of Mobile. One of the groups here organize them to spread, and that's the problem. Mm -hmm. I've I've seen this in Iraq and Afghanistan. One of the most dangerous things that occurs is just not a cell or group in one area, but they multiply. They're able to increase their organization and push into areas wherever they see a soft spot. It could even be in a very conservative area. If they can get into a school, a church, or particularly they like to penetrate the healthcare field. And the human rights campaign, it reads like something out of a, a Lenin or Stalinist manual. They literally state that not only should the, the entire organization in a healthcare industry or any kind of company, a hospital, should they be LGBTQ friendly, but they actually call for a review of every single person's position on that subject and then to try to push them to be compliant. I mean, again, this is just communism. That's exactly what communists did. They tried to get that type of ideological compliance. So we're seeing the organizational growth. We're seeing these operations to normalize their behavior done so frequently. Now, the Keep Fairhope Family Friendly group, they uh, they sort of held their own uh, event uh, at the same time or right around the same time to sort of push back against what was going to happen in their uh, in their family friendly city, uh, were you involved with that? I know you know the people over there. What can you tell us about what what how it went down? Yes, I spoke on both days. Okay, and uh, I think it was excellent that it was organized within iShot. The the first event was a larger event, and we were pretty close to that. And we were speaking, and we were organized, and we were talking about this issue and raising awareness on it. So we were within I'd say I don't know a hundred yards maybe of where they were having their their large event in the park. Um, the next day, we were right across the street from the drag show that they had. We were within maybe 10 or 20 yards of that event. But thank God it was peaceful. There were police that were present there to be commended on this. But as Christians, we have to stand up and preach the gospel and be organized and and get the message out of just how dangerous this is. What, uh, have, holding those type of counter uh, events, I guess you'd maybe say, uh, what did you guys learn, uh, or, or what worked, what didn't work? Uh, what would people need to know back in their own community? What advice could you give, having been a part of them and, and, a, and a very vocal and visible part? Uh, how did it, you said I it was peaceful? So, but, but just tell us, what did y'all learn about doing these? I would say first of all, we have to keep this Christ-centered. If mm-hmm. we devolve, and I would even say degenerate, in just political conservatism, we lose. 
There has to be the powerful message of Christ, of salvation and redemption. I find it fascinating when the human rights campaign talks about the biggest threat they face. When I started reading this, I thought, okay, they're going to talk about some super PAC or some unique group. They stated the most dangerous thing they face are so-called hammer verses. They define that as verses in the Bible that specifically speak out and condemn homosexuality. And that shows the power of the Word of God. Hmm. When we speak these truths about the condemnation of sin, but the beauty of redemption of the sinner, that's where our power is. And they even inadvertently admit to that. Wow. And what was the phrase they used? Hammer verses? Hammer verses. They consider these verses so powerful. Oh, they call it destructive, abuse, and it causes all sorts of psychological problems. And, you know, they use it in that sense. But they're acknowledging the most powerful force they face is not some political organization. It's the power of the Word of God, those hammer verses. Okay, that's a new phrase for me. I haven't heard that one, so I, I learned something there. Uh, should people be, uh, when these type of events are being held, or um, should, should should Christians, this is a loaded question in a, in a negative way, but should we be intimidated to go out and interact or be there with these? I, th- I think we're, we feel so shamed and cowered down, but we, we shouldn't feel that way, should we? There's no reason to. No, I hear sometimes Christians say that they're they're focused on the gospel, not politics, right. and they split that. But that word politics doesn't occur one time in the Bible. Hmm. So you know, it's making up a commandment of, of forbidding to do something. That, that word just means the affairs of the city. When Aristotle first used that word, that's all it simply meant. But Jesus gave us direction. I think it's beautiful. He said, first of all, we should be in Jerusalem. That was the center of the political, social, cultural, religious life, even the architectural life of that area. He talked about being in Samaria. That's enemy ground. That, those were the, the enemies of, the, of the, the true believers at that time. And also Samaria, excuse me, Judea, the base, and then the uttermost parts of the world. We should always be pushing out further and further with the message. So we need to be in the center of the arenas where the activity is occurring so we can get this beautiful salvation message out. And, as Jesus said, teaching them all things whatsoever I commanded, not just the Cliff Notes overview of the gospel, but these rich teachings that bring light and liberty to lost souls. Scott, finally, let me ask you, uh, just so much of what we do here centers around the church and, you know, the, the, uh, the influence of the church and what we should be, could be. Uh, how effective has the, I'll say, sort of the organized churches uh, been, and and how willing to get involved have they been in that area? I know I've got some pastors down there that I've talked with. I know they've met with the mayor and some things like that. Uh, But just overall, are you finding the leadership of the church, pastors and such, are they anxious to get involved in this, or are are they retreated? I would say that the pastors now are beginning to see, and I I try not to be overly critical or disappointed at what appears to be the slowness of the response of the Church. Our adversaries are masters of deception. I love the way J. Edgar Hoover called that. They called it, he called the radical socialists masters of deceit. These people are very skilled at what they do, 
and they hide it. So a lot of the churches were not aware of it. Some were scared. But it is so in the open now where they are openly shouting, we're going after your kids, we want your children. And we saw in Toronto and New York mm-hmm. open calls for communism and the horrific violence that's occurring. So people are waking up to it now, and we're seeing here in Mobile pastors that are starting to stand up, and it is really encouraging. It is very encouraging to see it. Well, outstanding. And I know they've reached out to me, and I've been down there, and I hope to come back soon. And uh, and when I do, I certainly want to meet you and uh, and sit and have a good conversation and learn some more from you. Uh, Dr. Scott Catino, uh, that's the, he's the president of the Faith Family Freedom Coalition Metro Mobile, and uh, great conversation, boy. You you've, you've given us a lot to chew on here, Scott, and we'll look forward to staying in touch and having you back with us sometime uh, here on Priority Talk. Thank you, thank you for your time, my friend. Thank you so much for allowing me on and for all the extraordinary work you're doing. Much appreciated. Yes, sir.